podcast where we unpack and tease out many of the issues in South Africa that we don't understand or simply don't talk about. There's a done intro done. Why are you saying that? Because <laughs> uh, I'm done. Um, This is our 10th episode. Mm. Never thought we would see the day. <laughs> like we were in the beach we were in the water in sea point and i was like girl we need to do this and you were like you were like my last hope because i didn't i didn't know i was like i need to do this podcast but i don't know what to do it with and i was like oh my god it has to be jody yeah i remember that day it was that was such a nice day actually it was a nice day we we took like 10 hours walking over those rocks to get into the water yeah i was freaking out and you were like, Jody, just get it together. <laughs> and then we got basically dressed and undressed on the beach. Mm-hmm. And no one did anything. I wrote like a mini prose in my head the other day when I was walking on the beach. About that day? No, about, oh. about beaches. Oh. It's like, it's like a watering hole, but for humans. There's like so much vulnerability at the beach. Mm, I love the beach. Like you can just be like... In your bikini and like no one's gonna judge you. No, literally no one cares what you're doing. It's a, it's a magical place. Yeah, I love the beach. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with what we're talking about. I probably have to edit this out. Um, <clears throat> but hi. Okay, so this episode we're going to focus not on one story but rather follow up on some of the stories that we've covered so far. Um, and like the whole idea be- behind this is because we don't want to just like say that this is an issue and then leave it there and wait for it to like rot or whatever. Yeah. So we want to make sure that we're following up on stuff and like making sure that like things are actually happening. Mm. Not that there's anything that we can do if it's, <laughs> if it's not happening. Um, mobile data prices have not fallen. I can tell you that now. <laughs> Love shooting hasn't stopped. We can all tell you that. So, yeah, it might not be great. The updates might not be good news. <laughs> it might just be super depressing. But I do think that we actually act like a... We are at a... a, a what is, like at a... What's this moment, man? Like at a crossroads. Yeah. In our young, fledgling democracy. Yeah. So, these are interesting times to be podcasting. Mm. Mm. We're at a critical point where things can either, like, head down a very, very down, fast downward spiral. Or people can use power. People can choose to change the situation. But, yeah. <laughs> Not very good. I was actually listening to a podcast this morning about the Athenians and Athenian democracy and 
one thing that like really surprised me about Athenian democracy is how literally everybody was involved, Jody. Okay, except for women and slaves. But <laughs> every man was involved. And that that was like about 50,000 people. And it was actually so much work for the Athenians because like literally every single day you had to go to parliament and be involved in the conversations that was happening. Like, and, and also every man in the democracy had sat at the top council, like basically the presidency, at least once. But aren't there like hundreds and thousands of men? 50,000, they estimate. But like at least one of them, like they've all been at the top council. So no matter who, like let's say for example, the suburb that you are in now, we turn that into Athenian democracy, you would have been on the top council. Mm. Taking into account that it's 2022 and women can do that kind of thing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I just thought that was like, it gave me a lot of food for thought. Like, what if we, instead of having an electoral system where where we let government decide and municipalities decide how they're going to run things, what if like each suburb had its own democratic process and the uncle there on the corner must decide what's going to happen with the spark? In conjunction with the auntie. Like... Do you know... I can just see the people fighting. And no, I but what if... that's a terrible thing to say. No, but what if we had pride in what we were doing? And what if, like... What if it wasn't a lot of fighting? What if it was a lot of collaboration and care? Because, uh-huh. the like, the, the place that we live is, like, much smaller. And we care about the place that we live. Uh-huh. So we're making decisions that will directly impact. Uh-huh. Like, what, what if service delivery was much better then? What if, like, we had better, better services for the community? Yeah. What if, what, like, what if things actually looked great? Because people were just more involved. Mm. Anyway, that's food for thought. Because, like, we, we wake up, we go to work, like, we do this other thing. But how much time, like, would we never spend time thinking about, like, the community that we live in and how to make it yeah. better? Yeah, that's true. And, and the Athenians also, like, for, for court cases, they would pay you... To be on the jury and the jury was like thousands of people oh no it's i think hundreds of people on the jury in those days which was like insane that is so wild i know anyway that's just something that like interesting really gave me food for mm. thought i always forget the um the name of the next segment things that actually happened <laughs> i always forget Okay, <laughs> do you know what actually happened this week? Because I looked at the news and I was like, there's literally nothing much here. No, there was a lot of stuff. I just chose to ignore it. I noticed that the Mail and Guardian is under paywall. So like... I stopped reading there. But I mean, how can you? If you it's physically everything on- can't. Like a lot of these stories are now behind paywalls. Like... This is for subscribers. This is not... Oh, they call it premium content. I've... I've just stopped going on to them. And News 24? Must also boycott. Must I tell you why I go on News 24? I just go on there in the morning. After I check my emails and I'm happy. Just... I literally just read the headline. It's good for just like... My thing with News 24 is... The headline is like... This is the most important thing you will read today. And then you open it and it's like, to read this article, 
please a blah 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 no i literally just read the headlines i don't click on anything it makes me so angry yeah. stop it but iol for some reason is still um you can still access that yeah and then i get i get the news data from the times live but then they also have like almost a lot of it is paid content which i hate so much it's like daily maverick for example they will never put up a paywall and 0.26% of their customers actually pay to be daily maverick insiders and i do that and i get like uber vouchers and uber eats vouchers and yeah. it's just nice my dad sent me sends me his every month is he also yeah what your dad is so sweet <laughs> anyway so that's my rant about paid content i think we've had this rant before <laughs> I will never stop yelling about it. I know. It makes me so angry. Like people need to know the things. Yeah. And then that made me Google, like you know, in medieval periods, like how much did the town criers get paid? And then I was like, oh, this this model is completely different. Because <laughs> they were paid by the crown, like by who, like whoever was in charge. So I was like, mm. he's probably not gonna like stand there and be like. You can buy two for one potatoes at the potato stand today, cause that's not not what the crown asked him no, to shout about. I feel like it was propaganda on another level. So I was gonna compare it to that, but I won't. <laughs> anyway, in news, what do you have? I don't even want to talk about it, cause it's just so upsetting about what's happening in that other country over the waters. Where women's rights is just completely non-existent anymore. Right? Afghanistan? No, America. Oh! <laughs> Afghanistan, I feel like it's also like... You know, we don't talk about countries like that. But like Afghanistan, when the Taliban took over, they were like, don't worry, guys. You will still be able to go to school, blah, blah, blah. And you know what they did? They were like, no, you can't go to school. There are people risking their lives, women risking their lives mm. to teach other girls. Oh. Because they've had this freedom for a long time and the Taliban was like, mm, we're reverting back. It's so odd to see people reverting. Like, yes, America, but like, yo, it's, it's just, it's weird. Yeah, there's like a very big wave of conservatism sweeping over the world. Like an increase of right wing. But we've been, I mean, that's not a new thing. Um, just it's very scary sorry <laughs> it's very scary what's happening in America and um, it's concerning because a lot of America like dict- a lot of people like follow from what America does or like they influence a lot of like what goes on globally they do influence policy but I just don't see this being held up as a model because it's no. just been so fiercely contested yeah but I would much rather have load shedding than not be able to get an abortion. <laughs> I would choose load shedding every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to have like my rights violated like that. That is like, and I just, I feel so grateful that I, that I was not born in that country. Every day I feel more every grateful. Every day, every day. When I think about traveling to America, I literally want to like, Ugh. it's just none of that doesn't appeal to me. 
on any kind of level. Not anymore. I used to love the idea of going to the Great Lakes and all of that, but mm. now it's like, oh, must I risk my literal life for that? No, no thank you. Mm-mm. No thanks. Mm-mm. Goodbye. Can you imagine? Your so someone was on TikTok, some girl put it on makeup, being like, if if women if if fetuses are babies, then women should be paid child support from the moment she gets pregnant. If fetuses are babies, then she should be able to claim that back on her tax returns. Huh? If, yeah, she was making the point that because what the Supreme Court now views fetuses as babies, as living beings, oh, oh, okay. women who are pregnant should be able to claim for that from the very beginning. So like, from the moment oh. I get pregnant, the man will start paying child support and I should get tax returns from it and X, Y, Z. But that's not the case because... Yeah. It's not about that. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, are we going to talk about the tavern tragedy? I think we should. So, 21 people died in the In Your Benny tavern tragedy. It was a pens down party, which is like a celebration for the end of exams. And the story starts off really cute, right? Like, it's a... Like, kids sneaking out to go to a party. Like, some girls are wearing, like, bathrobes to, like, go to this party. Like, you know, it's a very typical story. And then you go, and you, like, have fun and dance and whatever. But then it ends, like, brutally. Like, very, 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 very bad. All we know is at 4 a.m., they were getting reports of dead bodies inside this tavern. The police showed up, um... There were no signs of stabbing or gunshots, like no mm. physical harm on the bodies. So they were like, they were stumped. Like we were all just like, everyone was like, what? What happened? And then we started finding out how young the kids were. Yeah, like 13 year olds at this party at a tavern. So that's like, oh, you should not have been there because yeah. there's alcohol. Mm-hmm. So. Now it's not as cute a story, and it goes from being like this, this. I don't know a typical teenage experience, to being, like a real true raw tragedy. Can you imagine? Like, it's just to lose your friends, to lose your child is very very sad. So the police are not sure what actually happened. Mm. Or. Investigations are still happening. Yes, that's the official line. <clears throat> but eyewitness reports, survivor reports are painting a very like specific picture of what actually happened at the yeah. Um Do you want to talk about the forensics? So the forensic pathologist or whoever who does, sorry, the person who does the autopsy found that like each of the bodies had high levels of carbon monoxide in them yeah which suggest and so basically it means they suffocated asphyxiation um or that's like one of the theories yes like they died because like they suffocated yeah you can't draw in fresh oxygen yeah because you like there's too much carbon monoxide can i just say related to this i think of no oxygen and ventilation last night i went out and i was in the club 
and there was no ventilation and there was like one exit point and I was standing in there and I was like I told my friend I need to go outside because this is literally my worst nightmare where were you were you in evil that place that Mm-mm. used to be evil because there's a few I'm clubs that are the like, there, are, there are a few places that are like literally underground and there's not one window or aircon or anything it is literally my worst nightmare do you know sometimes like, if I like sit in the cinema I think I'm gonna suffocate in here because like <laughs> there's no windows oh my god it's a thing dude I need there has to be a window open anywhere I go oh is that weird um no I don't think it's weird purely from an evolutionary perspective <laughs> because a window you can also escape out of but also Jody, a club with no ventilation no. babes no and then they still have the audacity to blow smoke machines everywhere and the People are like, your bodies are against you. Oh my it's god, the, the worst. sweat coming off of everyone. People laughing, kissing. Drunk people. Oh, oh my god, people throwing up everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually, it's when you think about it, it's not fun. Shit, man. I was like, I need to go stand outside because I actually cannot be in here. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm like starting to get heart palpitations. Uh. So imagine. So, someone on Twitter, and this was embedded in an article. I can't, I can't give you the name of this person, but I know what I read. I don't even know if I should say this. But someone on Twitter said... Yeah, it's okay to say what someone... Yeah, it's fine. It's okay. Okay, but it's actually not fine, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I just don't care. Um, uh, this guy was on Twitter being like, I... I play at this tavern sometimes because obviously they have performances and stuff by DJs and like maybe rappers or whatever. So he was like, I play at this tavern and when it's closing time and they want the people to get out, the employees spray pepper spray into the crowd. And that is shocking. Like, you do you remember being at high school and some idiot would run into your classroom and spray pepper spray and run away? And then the class has to be over... And then, do you know what? Like, kids would have asthma attacks. Like, yeah, it's not a Girl, problem. everybody knows you don't spray pepper spray unless it's in the eyes of someone who's trying to attack you. Yeah. Those it's are the not rules. just something you use, use It's a self-defense tool. Yeah. It's not, it's not something that you can put into the air because you want the willy kids nilly. to go home. <laughs> you can't just willy-nilly. I feel like there are other ways of getting people to go home. And this tavern owner, she must have known. Because she's yeah. the owner. She yeah. knows this. So, for, like, I just... So, what happened is, they sprayed the pepper spray. The club was overcrowded. It was a very big night. It was, like, a week. It was my worst At yeah. Springboks. It was, like... That just gave... I just gave myself... Covered memories. <laughs> Your drag night. Anyway. <laughs> um... Yeah, dude. And so, a lot of people asphyxiated. It was a body on another body on another body. And they asphyxiated and died. And you couldn't get out fast enough. There were people being like, there's like one door in and out. Mm -mm. And you just can't exit with that amount of people. Do you know what this also makes me... And I also had this thought last night. When it's so full like that, my other fear, stampedes. Yeah. Imagine like when people... Imagine like the kids in the in that tavern, when they started seeing people dying and but, then like all trying to leave at the same time. But it was a stampede. Worst fear. 
I read it. it there was a stampede. No, there must have been ever to be been a stampede. So I'm sure that the kids died from one yeah. or one or two of both of those causes. And like, girl, that's manslaughter right there. Mm. That's reckless endangerment. That's also like selling alcohol to a minor. Like that tavern owner, she's never gonna no, see her life. No, it's game again. over for her. Um, she, she had to, to run away and change her identity and move to Antarctica. <laughs> like, it's game over for her. I mean, it's one thing to have a tavern and, like, you know, be open late or whatever. Yeah. But it's another thing to spray pepper spray to your guests. And guests. And the al- starting alcohol to 13 year olds. <laughs> high key problematic. But I think the highest tier of problematism. Is the paper spray like? It's just it's life. It's like just, it's it's one thing to like spray water. Yeah, or, yeah. Or to to play hi la 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 bamba. <laughs> As the, everyone knows, the party's over. Where where did they play? Let's like la bamba. <laughs> one of the clubs. Whenever it's ta- it's game over. They would play that song, and everybody knows. Like okay, nah, it's time. You could have done that, girl. You could have done that, but no, you went for the most dangerous option. For sin. <laughs> okay, do we have any other news? Because we <laughs> spent a long time talking about this. No. Um, yeah, I really don't have anything else other than Fuck News 24. You say that every episode. Um, I also want to give a special fuck you to the tavern owner. It's very late for you. Um, and kids, you know, like, if you're going to go to a party, make sure that there's adequate oxygen circulation. Otherwise, Please, guys. If and you, multiple entry and exit points. Otherwise, if you can jaw outside of the gate, you can jaw outside. It's also a vibe. I've been to many clubs where the outside is actually vibier <coughs> than the inside. Yeah, be safe, guys. Please. Party safely. <laughs> Flirt. Safely. What? Um, I don't know, like, these are dangerous times. <laughs> Be careful, guys, please. I'm going to cut all of this out. Okay, let's take a break. And we're back. Um, okay, so... Boop, boop, boop. The first update that I'm going to talk about is... State capture, and I'm calling this like podcast and episode circle back <laughs> because I think it's important that we um, circle back, follow up, <laughs> make inquiries just to confirm. Um, and then I also wrote here we're going to pause in our relentless search for the truth and have a look at what we've done thus far. Nice. Alright, so the situation, the first episode I'm circling back on is state capture. And I just want us to remember like that state capture put us in the absolute depths of despair. And yes, load shedding is also a byproduct of state capture. Like we spoke about this. But then um like when you read about South Africa in the international news, it really makes us sound like an absolute shit show, like nobody can live there. Because yeah. Al Jazeera <laughs> read us to shreds. She said, Today, South Africa has the highest unemployment rate in the world. Due to Zuma-era state capture, the nation is so broke 
that its electricity grid is on the brink of collapse. <laughs> Listen now. Its national airline has almost vanished. Yeah. Its once world-class railways are now obsolete. Which, like, girl, I didn't know they were world-class railways when, like, in the 1950s, when they were first built. And its FBI-styled prosecutor's agency, the one that will put the Guptas on trial, she's talking about the NPA, is now begging for donations just to keep working. Yeah, it's not great, eh? If just some of the billions allegedly laundered by the Guptas are found and returned to the people, South Africans' fortunes can be reset. (laughs) Like, we're never getting that money back, girl. (laughs) No, it's gone with the wind. It doesn't exist. It's it's so gone. It's gone, girl. Mm -mm. You'll never see it, ever. So, the first... So, now, like, after the last Zondo report was released and all the things are happening, um, what's happening now is that, basically, it's over to the National Prosecuting Authority to, like, prosecute, bring people to book. And... Um, one thing that people are noticing is how the banks are not really being held to account. And so, like, one of the mechanisms of state capture, obviously, is that you have to send the money somewhere. And money gets sent through banks. That's how money works. Like, yeah, sometimes there's, like, money in suitcases. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But most of the time it goes through a bank. So Daily Maverick laments that the banks are not held sufficiently responsible. So when we did the first episodes, we spoke about how the money used to f- must have used the banks to get them out of the country. And Standard Bank was involved. And then at the time, they were also like, um, yeah, I know, we don't know. But then this article, which is published for Open Secrets by Michael Marchant, called Zondo. Let the state capture bankers off the hook. Sorry, that punctuation is bad. Basically, he's saying Zondo let the state capture bankers oh, off the hook. Not that telling was not clear. To... Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's not looking so good for Uncle Raymond. Shame. But he's been getting a lot of hate. Girl, if you do the most, haters go and hate. This is what's happening with like, Zondo right now. They're like, mm, you didn't do a good enough job. Girl. With the resources and the mean? time that I had, I did the best I could. You don't have to give me an A+, plus, but an A- minus is fine. You, you still it's pass. It's as if this, those people could have even done half of what he did. Yeah. And then the other thing is that they, you know, look, what they're doing was so at the moment. Like, we have to be able to see through these things. Anyway. So, so they're saying that in the Zonda report, he only dedicates 100 out of, like, 5,500 pages of the Zonda report to the banking system and they are saying that doesn't offer much in the way of making sure it doesn't happen again and again with these reports like they're meant to be putting sufficient recommendations in the report so that people can like do the things but um they're saying that like Uncle Raymond fumbled the bag um and there's one man Paul Holden he has an organization called Shadow World Investigations. Don't like that name. Very dodgy already. Shadow World Investigations. Doesn't you think it sounds dodge? I think there must be a huge bounty on his head if 
he's investigating the shadow world and like how are you alive paul are you okay that can't be your real name yeah no (laughs) so he testified to the commission and submitted thousands of pages of evidence that tracked in fine detail the flow of funds out-of-state-owned entities through corrupt contracts into the Gupta South African money laundering vehicles and then offshore through laundering networks in jurisdictions like Hong Kong and the UAE. UAE is United Arab Emirates. So nothing has been done about that. And in fact, people are saying that the banking CEOs are being left off the hook. Mm. And and in the Zonda Commission, like a lot of them didn't answer the questions that they were meant to be answered answering. And it feels like they're protecting the Guptas in this way. Because when mm. you protect financial interests, you protect the people who commit the crimes, right? Like like I mean, obviously because money has paper trails, there should be a way that we can reverse that and bring the money back. But they're saying that because they're so far off out of South African lawyers reach we can't get that money back. That's why it's so important yeah. for the Guptas to stand trial because they have all the money. Yeah. And it accounts for like 25% of our GDP. Like, that's a significant amount of money. Money that we need. Anyway, this money's gone. <laughs> so then, in another update, the DA, and I'm sure this is like a move for them to A stay relevant because that's what a good uh, uh, opposition that's what a good opposition party does thank you and B to discredit their opposition mm-hmm. they are now deciding to file ch- criminal charges against the whole ANC for state capture because the entire party was complicit right is their argument so from News 24 fuck News 24 The DA has laid criminal charges against the ANC, alleging that the governing party acted as a criminal syndicate and requested that it be investigated for systemic and calculated racketeering activities over a multitude of years. So they're basically saying that the party, the whole party was a criminal syndicate and worked in such a way that all of the the money could be pilfered. So the Mm, whole organization was involved. Mm. And so, I mean, I get it, but like the whole of the ANC, like good luck with that. Yeah. Um, So then the third update I have is with the Zonda report itself. And one of the, like one of the offshoots of this, I mean, it's quite interesting because it's, 10 years of our democracy that's like basically put us in the in the black is it in the black when you like I think so, like yeah. in accounting terms I don't know. no idea um so i think when you're in the red you're in trouble okay never mind so like 10 years is like Zuma's rule, and that was enough time to fuck everything up. So, what some people are saying is that, and this is also what the Zonda report suggested, is that there might be electoral reform needed. So that when we vote, there's a more diverse parliament to even things out, so that there are more checks and balances in place. Because 
the, the like the monopoly of the ANC in Parliament is what allowed this to happen. Mm. Like, he was so close to getting away with the nuclear deal. Very close. So are you saying, like, wh- what did Zonde say that we need to reform the? Well, he made a suggestion that mm. maybe electoral, the electoral. Oh, okay, okay. But, um... So, well, let me just say that the commission suggests an oversight body to keep parliament in check. So Is there not something like that already? Well, for checks and balances, it's meant to be that the parliament and the judiciary, they keep each other in check. Okay. But when that doesn't work, but it's supposed to work, like that's the theory. Like, yeah. in our democracy, it's meant to work. And then we also have the, the presidency and the cabinet. And that's a separate, like, body. But we know that, like, actually, parliament feeds into the cabinet because mm-hmm. parliament elects mm. the president and then the president elects his own cabinet. So, yeah. they feed off into each other. But he's saying, what about an oversight body to make sure that these things are kept in play? And privately, I'm seeing a lot of that like happening, like with ESCOM being split into three entities so that the one side can't mess with the other side. Um, and where else did I see this? Oh, with SARS working, like separating themselves. Yeah. But that was a bad thing. But so now they suggest, they also suggested that, and this is electoral reform, in, sorry, instead of us electing a parliament which then elects the president they've suggested that we as the people directly elect a president so it'll look like oh i see so I it'll see, look I like see, the american ballot yeah, yeah where you yeah. vote for the party and you vote for the president yeah so <clears throat> that would mean an election by the people actually mm. so you would mm. choose your person because yeah, yeah yeah when we vote we vote for the party but we have no control of who's in who's the president of the party yes because we we kind of have an idea of who the party are going to elect yeah because it's usually the chairperson of the party yeah so like if it were the da who's the chairperson now i don't know but that person would be yeah yeah, yeah. automatically elected mm. president mm, mm. but he's saying that we need to like perhaps change that mechanism that's a little interesting bit. I don't think that's going to change anything because we have a very poorly informed electorate to begin with. Like, most people don't know shit. So, I don't think it's going to work if we just elect a president. Like, I think the problem is voter education. But that's Mm. a whole different thing. And all of this is to say that we need a broader change if we're going to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Like, I don't know about an an oversight body. Like... We have the NPA and we have the public protector and they are already overloaded. Like if we have a new body, is that going to really fix anything? If if the problem is actually administrative, for example, if yeah. the problem is just bad governance, yeah. no amount of like new bodies are going to fix anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if the whole machine is sluggish. Mm, I think I agree with you. Um, but yeah, that's just me. That yeah, I mean that's an interesting recommendation to just like 
just to like think about to consider that's an interesting thing and I always sort of was weird that when we vote we don't actually vote for the president as an individual like as an individual that we want to govern the country I think it would be so nice if, for example, we could elect someone from any party to be the president, and he, but then we like maybe the policies of this party. So we would want this parliament, but then we like this president. And mm. if it was separate parties, that would be super, super interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for argument's sake, uh, Julius Malema as the president, but he has to work with a parliament of, like, the DA and COPE. And ANC. Interesting. Mm. How different could this like? How different could it work? Like, look. Mm. Mm. And the ANC is such a like a, such a like club like such a clique, clique, click, click. Like, it would be nice to just see them like have to work with other people for a change. <laughs> yes. Like, can you like? That's the whole point of politics yeah. is collaboration. Yeah, it's the whole point of governance. You're right. Which everyone has forgotten. Anyway. So the next part of my circle back is the Guptas. Which we touched on. Um, Rajesh and Atul Gupta. The state capture bros. Were arrested in Dubai. And this happened like early June. Mm, Three weeks ago maybe. Um, Yeah. And so what happened was. So they arrested via Interpol. And so now there is an extradition treaty between South Africa and the United Arab Emirates. And there's a 60 day time frame from the time that they are arrested um, for them to be, for, for us to like get our shit together. Mm. So from around the middle of June to August, they ha- we have, us as South Africa, we have 60 days to submit a surrender request to the Emirati authorities for the Gupta brothers along with a charge sheet of the charges they they face. So we need to give that to them and tell them, like, this is what we need. Because Interpol took them into custody. So the Emirati authorities are not going to release them into South African custody until they can find out why. Because they, they, they're in the, the UAE right now. So, so we need to do that. But, like, something really ridiculous has happened. Um... I can only assume that this means that the, the, sorry, the charge sheet has been submitted. Um, but they haven't been able to translate the extradition request into Arabic. Ooh. Us. Oh, no, 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 them. Huh? Wait, what? No, we haven't been able to translate the extradition request into Arabic before we give it to them. Why not? Get a translator. Do you know how many people speak Arabic in this country? <laughs> I think I think that's the issue. Do you know how ridiculous that is? I remember this here, like when I was this, when I was leaving China, I okay, so I went to <laughs> I just don't you understand. think that you really think that we are like evolved modern people and then something like this happens and you're like what <laughs> i remember when i when before you before i left china i needed to get a covid test and it had to be valid for 72 hours so i got my covid test done in china like obviously blah 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 happy days 
get to the some was it the Zimbabwean border? Yeah, the border between like Zimbabwe and South Africa, and they are like, yeah, can I have your COVID test? So I whip out my COVID test and I show it to them, and they're like, this is in Chinese, and I was like, oh my god, I didn't realize that mm. <laughs> the test is in Chinese. They don't they don't translate it for you. Yeah. So like, she the 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 covid test person is like looking at this like complete gibberish to her and i was like <laughs> i showed her the paper i was like can you see this that means negative that like this word here and i had to like show her and she was like not like obviously didn't care course, about yeah. what i think and what i can know and so i had to like use a translation app it was like a whole thing but yeah things like this still stump us as human beings no, but I feel like this, the COVID, your COVID test example is one thing, but this not being able to translate a document but is also, another thing. But also, like, whose responsibility is it to translate it into Arabic? Surely they can translate a document on their end? Whether it's us or them, I feel like it's, it's not that hard. Or maybe, maybe the UAE is like, we will only accept documents in Arabic. So you Possibly. need to give it to us in Arabic. Possibly. Okay, fine. But you know, you think that like English is an international language and then something like that ha- this happens no, and you're not. like, nah. <laughs> English people, en- English people, people who speak English really think that it's the only language in the world. It's yeah. really annoying. Oh no, I'm one of those people. I'm very irritating. Yeah. It's just like such a widely spoken language. You would think that no one would have an issue with it. Meanwhile, it's not even the most wildly wild. Widely. Mm. Anyway. So. And then like there's a lot hinging on the the Gupta brothers. Because also if the South Africans. If we don't submit. Absolutely everything. And we don't make an airtight case. We could lose them again. Yeah. Like they could, the UAE could be like, we're not releasing these people into your custody. Um, and like, we're done with this arrest. And then they're in the wind again. Um, and Rebecca Davis says that there's not a lot of hardcore evidence. And I trust that girl <laughs> with my whole life. So if she says there's not enough evidence, then they need to bulk it up a bit. Yeah, that is so stressful. Imagine, imagine they get away I am going to cry real tears yeah, we really need them we need them to stand because we need that money like if or we not even if because okay let's say like I just said the money is gone with the wind we just need some kind of justice we need justice and if we can get them we could potentially get zooms bruh I don't even care that court case needs to happen over zoom with him like in a monitor like blink once if you agree like if 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 his health is so quote unquote bad, I don't mind if he's like. If he has to like squeeze a ball, to testify. Yeah. I I just want him to be in jail. It's all I want. Anyway, let's take a break and come back to the next one. Okay. <laughs> Okay, my updates. So, this is actually possibly my favorite episode that I've done out of the three that I've done. Never mind. About the saps. (laughs) 
and the dysfunction and I use like the story of the Cape Town detective who was assassinated. So there's a, uh, I have a lot of bullet points here and I might have to skip some for purposes of time. Yeah. Or oh, I'll keep it short. Um, so the updates are about the investigation and the report that's been released about how his assassination could have been prevented, etc, etc. So, remember that it was Detective Kenya who was assassinated? Mm. And then... Literally at his home. In the middle of the day, uh, drive-by. Anyway. Um, and then Iperd, who is the people who investigate policing incidents, released a whole lot of reports. And then, like, recently they released the final report into the investigation around his death. So this is, like... What the what the report found, um, and I may have to. Yeah, as the updates or like, refresh our memory as to what happened. So, the third sorry not the third the final report was released into the circumstances leading up to his murder outside his home in September twenty twenty. The report found that his. Murder was entirely preventable. And remember, we, we spoke about how he was supposed to have, like, security and protection, but just mm. disappeared. Mm. Um, so, the report found that the head of the anti-gang unit in which he was working, the head of the anti-gang unit was entirely responsible for the withdrawal of the late Kenya's protection. The report found and stated that Lincoln, who is the head of the anti-gang unit, his conduct was much to blame for the sequel of events. Oh my God. Um, as was that of a major general and a warrant officer and the people who were for the walks. Rem- because remember, remember I mentioned that the Hawks were investigating and then there were like two people in the Hawks who had information but then didn't do anything with it. Mm. So they're saying those two in the Hawks also need to be held accountable. Yes! And all these different people, because they didn't do anything with information or they didn't communicate properly or use the correct channels, all of this was preventable. Remember our favorite word, rogue unit? Yes. Don't tell me this is rogue unit and walks. <laughs> I mean, not that I... I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Could Let's be. say no. Find out on the next episode. Um, so the final report found that there was sufficient evidence of a rogue unit that, exist, that existed in the Western Cape Crime Intelligence. This unit had investigated Kenya and other top cops in the Western Cape. The unit had not registered any of the investigations as they should have. So really, like, from the start, they didn't follow protocol. Wow. Um, the animosity created between the SAPS members in the crime intelligent environment could have created the perfect environment for underworld syndicates and figures to infiltrate SAPS. <laughs> wow. Um, and in addition to 
underworld syndicates infiltrating SAPs. Um, this allowed the mo- so the underworld then could monitor the movement of key role players and where they are at and what they are doing. So, very problematic. So then, IPED, who released the report, they recommended that the two officers that are in the Hawks should be criminally charged with defeating the course of justice. Um, remember, I also said that one of the, they found out that Kenya's phone was being tracked and pinged and then they went to like the guy who owns the pinging company and all this and all this. So I'm going to read this paragraph about this pinging situation. Okay. <laughs> um, in the latest report, I would say that there had been a statement from an, an individual who was a wholesaler of pings. Sailor? Wholesaler. Oh, wholesaler. Yeah? He sells pings. Can you do that? I don't know if it's legal. I really don't know if it's legal or not. What is what is this world? Like, are we in the Matrix? Okay, sorry. Um, the wholesaler of pings supplied by... A wholesaler of pings. Like, what is that? <laughs> it sounds like you're a whole entire person who sails on pings. Wholesaler of pings. How pings is that, wholesaler. How is that like a... Fr- I don't know what it is. <laughs> that someone can be it's like, my job I sell pings but it's also like saying I am a warlock that is my job like what <laughs> okay the individual would purchase the pings slash precise mobile loca- location that is what the ping is it shows you your location so the individual purchase the pings in, bound, in bundles from a US company and resell these at markup. Okay. So he buys the pigs from some place in America and sells it in South Africa for a profit. Okay. Um, people who buy it would then access a website by using the allocated username and password, put the cell phone in that they intend to ping and the system would send a location to the nearest cell phone tower of where that phone is. Oh, I understand. Okay. Yeah. Um, this therefore allows them to be in a position to use its geographical coordinates or Google map to find the person. No, thank you, bro. That's cuck scary. That's how they did it. That's how they knew who he yeah. was. Yeah. And that's why they were like, okay, he's currently at home. Mm. Now is the time. Yeah. That's very scary. So, why, when Kenny was still alive, he was doing a lot of investigations. He was investigating Cape Town Underworld, but I, he was also investigating some corruption going on in SAPs in Gauteng. Yes. He, and he was also investigating, like, the move of firearms. Yes, the cops were selling yeah. firearms that were in lockup. They were literally selling Yes. Selling so, the report found that he was not just uncovering illegal activity about the firearms, but also at Gauteng police stations. Mm. With regards to the fire, fire, illegal firearm business, the designated firearm officers 
would facilitate the processing of firearm license application to, to individuals who are not fit to possess an firearm. So when you apply for a firearm, there's a lot, it is such a long process and there are a lot of background checks and if you've done, if there's even like they interview the people in the house, like a neighbor must say that you are not of a violent inclination, you're not aggressive, la 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 la. And, but they were just giving guns to people. Sorry, they were just giving a gun license to people who were clearly unfit to own firearms. I see. The investigations gave rise to the arrest of the suspects and for SAPS to institute disciplinary action against the cops who were doing this business. However, Kenya's assassination has led to the effective collapse of all these cases. After his murder, about 20 cases were assigned to other police officers, but Ipad said the report said that it was concerning that neither of these officers seemed to have intimate knowledge of the cases, even though they were given, they were like taking on these cases. So there was a possible risk that the cases may crumble. A possible risk. That's like finding out you have an exam and not studying for it and then being like, yeah, I might or might not pass. I'm not sure. <laughs> Like, okay. <laughs> so, again on the anti-gang unit, which is just beyond dysfunctional, mm. everyone's just doing their own thing. No one is following protocol or policy or just just investigating willy-nilly. <laughs> it's like cranes in the sky. <laughs> Sometimes you don't want to see those metal eyes. <laughs> so... I could suggest that the Minister of Police needs to disband the Western Cape Anti-Gang Unit. Because it's clearly not doing anything, bro. Disband the whole unit? Yeah. So they can't sort out the rot. The whole thing is like you must throw out the whole yeah. basket. Maybe. Not even get new people. Just abolish. Okay, so that's quite insane. <laughs> um, So... Sorry, I didn't read the whole sentence. <laughs> so, the report said that the Minister of Police should disband the Western Cape Anti-Gang Unit and replace it with a task team consisting of members from different provinces to combat cancers and drug trafficking and human trafficking. Interesting idea. So, mm. people like from the Eastern Cape who are not well acquainted with the Cape Flats at all. Fresh eyes. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, but also it's sometimes useful to have used people that know the context. How are you going to send like a, like a Durban brew into the Cape Flats to investigate? How are you going to do that? Someone from the Northwest. So, <laughs> Someone from Lampopo. Or like Fricky the Force from the Orange uh, Free it's State. It's going to come here and try to sort out the Cape Flats. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, Katie saw. <laughs> Immediately. Hello, <laughs> Dwarf. Immediately, immediately no. <laughs> so, the report found that our suspicion that the anti-gang unit was not formed properly and properly capacitated. So, it wasn't even formed properly. Mm. So, like, obviously... Is this now, like, a new report that came out? Yep. You're By his own admission... He being the head of the anti-gang unit, he said that when the unit was formed in, formed in 2018, 
he was just told that he will be heading the unit with no specific guidelines or specifications on how to do it. Yeah. So you know now what? you must just think for yourself how to do it. It happens a lot, actually. Um, according to the Daily Maverick, another report says that the anti-gang unit was still not up to scratch and that Lincoln failed to ensure that Kenya was protected when threats against him increased. Remember, like, someone phoned the anti-gang unit and said, look, yeah. Mm. Mm. And then he went and he told his superior and then nothing else happened. Yeah. Yep, I remember. Um, I put recommended that Lincoln should be charged since his inaction constituted misconduct oh. as per the SAP's regulations and a serious... Dereliction? Dereliction? Of his duty as a senior police officer. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, it's just like this anti gang unit was doing the exact opposite of being an anti gang unit. <laughs> but it's, it's such a thin line, though. It's such a thin line. And remember. Especially if you're working with like people who can be bribed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was Bribing also something that happened. Bribing money is like. It's like, it's almost too easy in this country. You must not heard mm. how little money we have. <laughs> exactly. I actually saw, but I, I just remembered now, but I didn't watch it, that the Carl Kenya's wife was on like a TV show and she was like speaking about the entire experience. I am waiting for the Netflix documentary, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, that's actually, yeah. And it's going to be a heavy hitter. Yeah. Confession, I still haven't watched the Senzo. Me neither. Documentary. But I don't want, I, do you want to? Yeah. I love for drama. Not in my personal life though. Mm. But I do love drama. I just feel like it's such a sad story. That's why I'm so interested in politics. Because it's messy. Yeah, but I feel like murder is a bit different. Murder is quite serious. <laughs> but, and it's, you know, like, it's it's not a joke. But, like, it's, um, it's more about the structures involved. Yeah. That's, that's the, like, that's, like, the tangly, thorny thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That interests yeah. me. Yeah. Because, and I also think that's why people are attracted to true crime mm. and politics. It's because we love organization. We love putting things in categories. And when things are not in categories, when things are messy, we, we come closer. We want to know why. Yeah. Yeah, I think like we need, human beings need order. That's and why. And this order, it's like. That's why when you tell, um, okay, never mind, I'm not going to say it. I have no idea what you were going to say now. I was going to say, that's why when you tell a man that you want to have an abortion, they freak out. Because they can't bear the thought of, like, there being another reality other than their own. Oh no, that's a totally fine thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, remember, um, there was a prominent gangster who was allegedly the orchestrator of this entire thing. Mr. Nafiz Modak. No, but I said it. No, but it's everywhere. Okay. Allegedly. Alleged, alleged, alleged. Okay, okay, okay. And remember the debt collector? And we were like, why is there a debt collector involved? <laughs> <laughs> remember. 
So, those are the two main suspects who are accused of the murder. Where are they? I think... Also in Dubai. No, they're in Cape Town. <gasps> they're just here. Oh my god. Please leave me alone. <laughs> but, Modak was denied bail in January of this year. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So, I think he's got this case going on of this assassination, but there's then like a million other more cases also. Wow. So, he was denied bail in January of this year, and so the trial is still ongoing. And for the debt collector, <laughs> his trial is also still ongoing. So, it's not concluded yet. Mm. But every now and then, you will see like a headline about on the site that you don't like. Denied bail. In the Blue Downs Magistrate Court. <laughs> you know, that place is actually, like, very, very important. The Blue Downs Magistrate Court? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, know yeah. it services a very, very, very wide area? Yeah. So, if you, like, Blue Downs and the clinic services, like, a huge fucking area. Mm. And it's actually, like, not okay. Kales River, poor people also live there. Yeah. All the other areas around Blue Downs, poor people also yeah, live there. Like the only place that you can go is Blue Downs yeah. for like care. That's why you end up in the Blue Downs court if you mm. have a fine and you want to contest that fine. You mm. must go all the way there. And it's like the, you know, like at the back, like Easter River and all those areas. Yes, it's a a failing of government that they have not catered to all the other areas. Where people live. And Kale's River is like a very, very big Huge. And there are like lots of mini suburbs. I've said this before. There's no bus stop in Kale's River. What do you mean? There's no bus stop, Jody. You you there is no bus station. Really? Yes! This is why I always had to take the fucking train. Because there's like there's like taxi service that will take you to Belleville first. So they will never go straight to town. Yeah. The bus service like doesn't exist, and then like there's only one train. That's why it's so crowded all the time. Because Kales River is a those. huge, huge place. Like it's a very big suburb, mm, and it's like a hub. It's a huge, 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 huge suburb that is like completely underserviced. Yeah. It never made sense to me. Yeah. No, it doesn't make that. It doesn't make sense. And do you know what the government's idea of, like, making changes is? Is building more roads. I don't know what it is about the government and roads. They're like... Oh, yeah, they love building roads We see that country. there's a lot of people in their cars here. Let's build more roads. Like, girl! Fix it's it! Public okay, but that's another... Michelle, that's another please episode. take deep breaths. Thank you. <laughs> so that's the updates for that case. So nothing is, no one's been sentenced yet, like it's... <laughs> I'm so sorry everybody, my computer just restarted. So, I will monitor these cases and hopefully it like wraps up by the end of the year so we can see. Do you reckon? Do you reckon they're gonna like put anyone in jail? Well, some people probably. are already in jail. Probably. I don't know about, like, the high-level cops people, but I mean, like, the underworld figures can potentially go to jail. Well, what I'm more interested in, actually, is whether or not they'll create any sort of lasting 
police reform from this. Like, if they are going to reform that gang unit and they're going to pull in people from other provinces, how long are they going to rotate those people out to make sure that they don't become entrenched in the, in that environment and start, you know, taking bribes or whatever? Yeah. Like, you need to be embedded in the community, but you also need to, like, not be a criminal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, I'm, I'm not an expert in I don't know anything about what I'm saying. Anyway, let's take a break. And we're back. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm ready. Um, so... Alright, so this episode, Circle Back, is going to be on ESCOM. And there's been a lot of updates in the news, but I'm still hearing people telling me stuff about ESCOM that is not true. So, like I saw some things on Twitter and I was like, you obviously don't understand the situation. Because you didn't listen to our episode. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm like, I wish everyone would listen to this episode so they can understand. A bit, bit, bit. Anyway, yeah. so I'm going to like answer a few like misconceptions that I've seen and also um, follow up on the original story. So what happened is this week or like when you're listening to this episode now, we, we are coming off of stage six load shedding and we've managed to walk our way back from stage six and not into like a probable stage eight. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say if stage eight happens, I will literally cry. Stage eight is when we put everything down. And we literally just surrender to it's the just, elements. Yeah, it's goodbye. Like, it's been great knowing you guys. You go outside, you stay into the sun until you go blind. Do you know sometimes <laughs> when it's load shedding, during, at, when it's like that 8 o'clock at night, I literally just lay on my bed and stay at the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, Michelle, I'm not lying. And I just have a huge existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> because there's like... You know, like, I think in the 90s when we had load shedding, it was a lot more manageable, I have to say it. If you didn't have electricity in the 90s, it was actually okay. What, Michelle? No, what seriously, Jody, listen to this. You didn't have a cell phone you needed to charge. You didn't oh, have you a laptop like you internet. needed to do work. You didn't have internet that you fiercely relied on. We had filing systems back then. Like, if the electricity was off in your office... In 1992 or whatever, you can still you, could you can work. still work. Yeah, you can still work. Yeah. But now the way that we've set up our lives, there's just no way. So yeah. if like if we go to stage eight, like the way that we've set up things, we're just gonna die. We just not yeah. I may as well not. We just may as well not work. Nothing is going to be able to get done anyway. And and we also like we are so fiercely like embraced electricity, that. We don't even have the old versions of the way that we used to cope anymore. Yeah. Like, the old way of making a cup of coffee. How many of you actually have French presses? On the gas stove. Yes. At least it's for the people who have gas. You're okay. Shame, I have gas, actually. But that's because I don't have a normal people stove. (laughs) Because I am in the dark ages. (laughs) Anyway, okay, so back to the ESCOM thing. So we need to address the fact that these ESCOM outages were actually caused by strikes that were illegal 
and debilitating and violent. So what was happening was Andre the writer, who I refused to stand. No, of course. Why must we not? Why must we stand him? Because you know these people who are like, oh, at least we have someone who's like you know really reasonable and does his job. Well. So be- no, just because he's a white man, that doesn't mean he's doing a good job. Uh, yeah, that is. I was just about to say that sounds like something white people. Would we say. have such white people like. Uh, ideas of superiority like it's not okay anyway so so basically if you work for ESCOM you are considered an essential worker but not in the way that like grocery store workers were considered essential workers during COVID like you have a very big responsibility to this nation to deliver electricity without which we cannot survive and you need to be at work when you when you are scheduled to be at work you are not allowed to strike if you're an essential services provider. That's not, it's not allowed. If you have a wage dispute, you need to work it out in another way. Lots of people are like this. Like, I think doctors also, like, they're not allowed to strike. Like, you need to handle it in another way. And so one, one thing that they do to protect against that kind of thing is you get, like, nice packages. Like, oh, okay. your salary is nice. Yeah. You get other stuff because you're an essential services worker. Mm-hmm. These guys don't give a fuck. Now, I don't know how good the pay is. It could actually be really bad. In which case, mm, I don't really know what to say. But they went on strike regardless. But not only that, they intimidated other people who tried to go to work. Yeah. They, um, I can say here, 90% of the staff were unable to get back to work because of intimidation. So if you have 90% of your staff nationwide who are unable to go to work the electricity can't be generated buttons need to be pressed levers need to be like pulled i don't know meters need to be read now i don't know how it works but like you know people need to be there so like in the week it was mostly like the managers who were there servicing the entire area and they are unable to do all of that so basically uh like skeleton staff needed to be doing the job of everybody else. Mm. And there was intimidation. By the people so, who were striking? Yes. Okay. So from the Mail and Guardian, ESCOM wage deadlock ends, setting SA back on course to fewer blackouts. This is a story by Sarah Smith. Quote, Gordon pre- presented images of homes that were petrol bombed and vehicles that were set alight, allegedly by strikers. Other images showed roads being blocked and coal dumped in the streets. So that's why, yeah, so the strike was like, you know, like intimidating people from going back to work, like going to people's homes where they work and petrol bombing them just so that they won't go to work the next day. And then you also, I I read a story about a guy who works for ESCOM and, you know, people don't understand what's happening with load shedding they don't understand why it's happening all they know is that it's been happening for far too long so they get angry and protest and the protests in this country are violent so they're burning petrol burning um tires in the street causing havoc and then when you do that you further interfere with the electricity right so all of it is like just a knock-on effect um and so like i mean aside from strikes escom is still having power like problems generating electricity so it's Mm. a double whammy yeah 
And so Andre sitting there being like, yo, we are working with the strikers and we're trying to come together. And uh, actually he doesn't talk like that, but you know what I mean. Um, so that's what happened this week with the, with the strikes. And these people are working so hard trying to get things back up. But they're also working with like the electricity generation equivalent of like Windows 95. Like we need to understand the situation. Mm. Yeah, I also have a, like, I, I mean, obviously, we are all very upset by those children. We are, and it's fine. But a lot of people have been asking me, like, but it's because we have an incompetent government that we have load shedding. And I'm like, it's a lot more complicated than it that. It is. It is. It's not just about people, it's not just about incompetency. Because it's actually... People who are... The people aren't incompetent. That's not the problem. If I had to put it into, like... If I had to... If I had to explain it anecdotally, I would say... It's as if you studied the wrong degree. Like, you made the wrong decision. And now you're here. And in order to fix the decision, you have to go back to school. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the analogy that, that makes sense to me. It's like, they made so many bad decisions that they're here... And in order to fix those decisions, it's a long road mm. to get back. But I did look into, like, what is happening. Cape Town is, like, quite... Has been quite protected by load shedding. Like, when the rest of the country is on level 6, we're on yeah. level 4. I just want to say, this is the only thing I will ever thank the DA for. Yeah, but it's also because they're protecting their own interests yeah, as white but people. But I'm just saying that... At least, yeah. So... The only time I will ever say anything about them. <laughs> so, ESCOM is putting out calls for renewable energy. And they're putting it in a separate entity called the Clean Energy Unit. Because 80% of our electricity still comes from coal. Not okay. In Cape Town, we are far better off. Because we have, like, diversified energy sources. Not all of it is great. But we have gas... And we have nuclear energy, Kuburg, which is like also like none of those are like inherently great, but mm-hmm. we have them and they've protected us from load shedding. And now we also have the Steenbrass hydro pump station. And that's literally just hydroelectricity. And basically you need to turn a turbine to make electricity, like the turbine speed generates the electricity. Mm. So one way to turn the turbine is by using water, like gushing water. And that's what the Steenbrass Hydro Pump Station is. Mm. So then the other thing I found out is if you if you are one of those people who pay ESCOM directly, you can elect to pay a higher tariff, but then you would be using renewable energy. So you can... I said that wrong. Okay, let me try it again. You can use renewable energy, like part of your offering will be renewable energy, and you would pay a slightly higher tariff for it. So it's called the Energy Tariff Pilot Program, and they've been running it since April 2021. I didn't know about this. But, no. but you have to be someone who, who pays for your electricity directly from ESCOM. Mm. That's a very small group of people. Mm. Like, we pay the city of Cape Town, mm. for example. So, but does that mean then you would have less load shedding? Interesting point. I assume so. So this is how it works. ESCOM is creating a renewable energy utility solution to assist in delivering on customers' 
renewable energy commitments without customers having to procure renewable energy through power purchase agreements or installing their own renewable plant at huge capital costs. The renewable energy tariff pilot will allow customers to be able to source up to 100% of electricity from ESCOM's renewable sources that are considered, quote, green. ESCOM is offering the opportunity to our customers to participate in this pilot. So you would pay a little bit more, and the more you pay, like it's um, an inverse triangle, like the more you pay, um, the the lower you, um, sorry, the more renewable energy you choose to use, the lower you will be paying for renewable energy. So that's one thing that I saw on their website. Um, and again, like with renewable energy, they, they, I mean, I think renewable energy is also one thing that's going to be very geographically mm. different from place to place because we all have different like renewable stuffs. So we'll have to see like how it goes, but it's going to take a while and load shedding, like if we keep using these old power plants, it's going to keep happening. So we just have to wait for them to get their act together. It's like, I don't see anything yeah, else. Yeah, I really think it, we just have to wait. But yeah, it is cuck. It's super, mm. super cuck. Mm. Um, and that's all I have for you. Yeah. And like, please, can you tell your friends who make dumb comments about ESCOM to like, read an article like can you but listen? i do think people are just like angry and that it's their like just way of hurtful yeah yeah i can totally see that but yeah it is especially if people are just like saying really um uninformed things it's like actually guys there's a reason why we are in the situation and it's not and the reasons have been coming on for like 20 years yeah so it's like very much a systemic problem and it's not just, oh, because we have incompetent leaders. It's not. I mean, yeah, we do, but also. But I mean, that's not yeah. the reason. Yeah. It's a lot more complicated than that. Anyway, so. <laughs> really my eyes. <laughs> okay. My next update is literally two sentences. <laughs> is it like, dear men, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. July riots updates. Ooh. Sorry, not riots. July unrest. Oh, we're not calling it riots anymore. Okay. So, next week will be one year anniversary of the unrest. <gasps> oh my gosh, yes! Oh wow, that's quite hectic. And... I really tried to find updates and I spent time looking, but there was nothing major. And I think next week we will see, like, it's the one year anniversary and then we will probably see the yellow updates. Mm. So I think if we did this in two weeks' time, there would be lots of updates. Okay, we can also do that. But the one thing that I will say is that the South African Human Rights Commission has completed their hearings into the July unrest. They completed it last month in June and the hearings heard from law enforcement ministers, people, communities and even the president himself and of course the minister of police had a lot to say but this, in the episode on the July riots, I spoke about the police and how like the minister and the national community didn't talk to each other and how they just kept blaming each other back and mm. forth, back and forth, back mm. and forth so 
it's basically just a repeat of that. You basically said that in the hearings also. He didn't tell me about the lie. He didn't phone me about what was happening. So nothing major with you. But Minister of Police did say that 19 people have been arrested for allegedly instigating the unrest. Um, two of the cases were withdrawn. I don't know why. And the others are still before the courts. And again, it's just, we just have to wait. Mm. For the trial to do its thing. And then we will again, we will just have to wait and see. So interesting that both of my stories are ending with the trial is ongoing. Mm. <laughs> the trials are ongoing. The wheels of justice turn yeah, slowly. it turns slowly. And we just have to wait and see. If it turned too quickly, we would probably have rushed to judgment. <gasps> That's a whole phrase, rushed to judgment. So, yeah. Mm. Did you see this story, though? I did not. I will read the headline. Memorial site to be set up in Phoenix to mark July 2021 clashes between black and Indian locals. And that's that devastating story of lack of, like, law and order in that uh, Phoenix Mm. area. Phoenix so, is, a, is a place. Yeah, so I, when I saw this, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I, I don't know what, like, a memorial would do. I guess it's just for remembrance of the people. Like, in remembrance of those who were killed, I guess. Yeah, but, like, to see that every day in the, in the place where it happened. Yeah. And to be reminded of the ugliness. Yeah. That occurred. Like, I would, I I mean, that would actually, th- what happened, like, hearing that violence between black and Indian people, that hurt me in my soul, man. But I think the purpose of it is to, like, serve as a reminder yeah. of it, of exactly that. But do you think it's going to fuel hatred then? I don't know. No. Okay. Not necessarily. My gut feeling is no. Well, I, I, I think it's, like, quite interesting that they are erecting a, a memorial. Um, anyway. Do you think it would? It depends what kind of person you are. Yeah, that's what I'm like, yeah, yeah. I guess it just depends. Yeah. But, yeah, that's all we have for you on this 10th episode. Um, if you have been listening to all 10 episodes, thank you so much. I we appreciate you. You're a real one. Mm-hmm. I know two people for a fact, and that's because they are so brilliant. <laughs> um, I want to shout out my sister specifically for listening to every single episode diligently and loving it and giving me a lot of feedback. I love you so much, girl. Um, and I also want to shout out my mom. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, if you can, please rate this podcast on wherever you listen. Like, give it like a few stars. And then, like, maybe write, like, a thing about what you like about it. It will really help us with the rankings and get more people to listen. Because me posting about this podcast on my WhatsApp updates, which I never do except for this show, is, like, going very... It's not going a very far way. So, if you if you want this podcast to be heard by more people, please, like, review. Share, share the link with your, like, people. Your person was asking dumb questions about ESCOM. That person needs to listen. Send it to that person. 
send it to like the girl who like says inappropriate things about load shedding like oh this government hey we're really going to the dogs send her this send her this hey girl I noticed that you're really passionate about ESCOM (laughs) I thought you would love this episode why don't you give it a listen XOXO gossip girl Okay, I speak so much. I'm trying to speak less, um, but I just have a lot that's on my chest. It's okay, girl. It's important to talk about it. Talk about our feelings. Speak to Auntie Jody. <laughs> speak to someone you know or trust. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess that's our show. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.